Welcome to the inner room, a space where we ponder the inner movements of our heart to find God by finding examples and instructions in daily scripture readings. The emotions in our hearts can help us or hinder us in our spiritual journey. Open your heart, explore your emotions, and align thoughts and emotions with God's plans for you. When we learn to feel and align our emotions, we advance in our prayer life by loving more deeply, remaining in peace more often, and finding courage for the journey of life. My name is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and a big shout out to my son Marco Niño, producer of this podcast. Sit back or walk with us. You are most welcome here. Friends, we have a beautiful prayer today in the book of Daniel, chapter 3. It's the prayer that can teach us how to orchestrate our own prayer. We find Azariah that stands up in the fire. It's easy to miss the details. He's standing up in the fire. What does that mean? Well, Sedrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these are the three Babylonian names of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And they are the three people that are sent into the fiery furnace by King Nebuchadnezzar because they don't want to bow down to the idol that he had created. So we find Azariah, who is also goes by the name of Abednego, standing up in the fire. Can you imagine that? We can normalize it, right? But he is standing up in the fire and he's praying there. And what is the prayer? What is the structure of his prayer in the midst of fire, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of near death? For your name's sake, O Lord, do not deliver us up forever or make void your covenant. We come to the Lord reminding him of his promises. Do not take away your mercy from us. We remind him of his character. You're a merciful father. And he remembers Abraham and Isaac and, and remembers the specifics about the promise. You promise to multiply their offspring like the stars of heaven, the sands of the shore of the sea. And then he recognizes where he finds himself. We are reduced, O Lord, beyond any nation brought low everywhere in the world these day because of our sins. They are slaves away from their land, subjugated by another nation. We have in our day no prince, prophet, or leader, no burnt offering, sacrifice, oblation, or incense, no place to offer first fruits to find favor with you. Their whole structure of worship and their whole structure of societal and political and economic uh, <clears throat> boundaries is gone. They have, they have lost everything because they moved away from the ordinances of the Lord. And now they're still following the Lord with all their hearts. They're in fear and prayer asking the Lord not to let them be put to shame and to deal with them with kindness and mercy to deliver them by their wonders and bring glory to your name. What a beautiful thing to come with humility to the heavenly throne, asking the Lord to act in our lives boldly, even when we're in the midst of a fire, in the midst of a difficult situation, in the midst of the impossible, with our children, our husband, our coworker, our boss, our teacher, 
whoever that is, we ask the Lord to deliver us by his wonders, to bring glory to his name. Psalm 25 is a psalm of remembrance as well. Remember your mercies, O Lord. We look back at the places where the Lord has done something wonderful for us. And when we're building our faith, when we're building our hope, we're staying in love, when we're asking the Lord in the midst of something that just feels impossible, please, Lord, deliver us. We remember his mercies. We remember that he has taught us where to go, that he has guided, guided us in his truth, that he has taught us the things that were needed in a moment where we didn't know where to go, what to do, what to say, what to forget, forgive. The psalm says, remember that your compassion, O Lord, and your kindness are from of old. In your kindness, remember me because of your goodness. Good and upright is the Lord. Thus he shows sinners the way. He guides the humble to justice. He teaches the humble his way. We see humility, which was part of Azariah's prayer, that he would, that God would move because of his glory, because of his name, because of his character. And that we don't deserve it, but he does it because he is God and his promises to us are promises of salvation. In the Gospel, chapter Matthew, chapter 18 in the book of Matthew, we find, again, a very familiar story. The last few days and weeks, we've been seeing many stories about forgiveness, about turning around, about washing away sins. And today, Peter approaches Jesus with a question. Isn't it beautiful that Jesus loves our questions because questions indicate a desire to know, indicate a desire to know our Lord, and we want to know our Lord to follow him. We want to know our Lord to love him even deeper. And the Lord entertains our questions. So Peter comes to him and says, how often should I forgive? Is it seven times? I'm sure he feels pretty proud of that as we see in The Chosen. I love his character and how he's depicted there check out that series lord if my brother sins against me how often must i forgive him right that's a question that we have that can be a fire if you've ever had an incredible offense done to you something like a betrayal something like somebody abandoned you in a way that just seems unforgiven unforgivable then that can be like a fire then that can be like a place where you can use Azariah's prayer. If somebody has done something terrible, taken something incredible away from you, your, your reputation, your money, your spouse, your property, your inheritance, how do you forgive seven times seven? How do we do this? Jesus tells this story of forgiveness from somebody who owes money to a king, and the king forgives him, and then this person cannot forgive someone else the Lord invites us into forgiveness not because the person that we are extending that forgiveness to deserves it but because this is the code of ethics the behavior of those that are called children of God and I know how hard it is I know there's been places in my life where I felt it was impossible and I tell you there's still places in my heart that the Lord is working out full forgiveness because I realize that our heart is feeble, weak, and can bring back memories and really nurse them, nurse bad things that, that keep vendettas going, that keep people at a distance, that out of hurt, we don't 
know how to let go. We just keep holding on to something that maybe the other person doesn't even hold on to. But in other situations, we're in the midst of something very real that feels very, very real. I know that I prayed for a long time for my parents' divorce um, to not be the rule of the land, that they would actually be able to speak to one another, that they would actually be able to relate to one another with kindness and compassion and some unity. And it took 25 years, but the Lord delivered it in my father's deathbed where my parents forgave one another, connected, and appreciated one another, and declared their love for one another. And sometimes it's not going to happen when we want it or how we want it. It's not going to look the way we think it should look or could look, but we need to let go of our own expectations when we're dealing with forgiveness. We need to keep our eyes on the Lord and know that He, he wants these things much more than we do. Because if you are a parent or you have a parent that has given you a lot or you're giving a lot to your children, just multiply that by a million. That's our Heavenly Father. He wants goodness and kindness and fruitfulness for His children much more than we do. He wants to be with us. He wants to uh, see that our life is the fullness of what He has planned for us. In the glory of God, as St. Irenaeus says, is a man or a woman fully alive. So friends, let us go to the throne. Father Almighty, we come to you following the prayer of Azariah with praise and thanksgiving, remembering your mercies in our lives, remembering how you forgave us for things we've done, things we've said, things we've neglected, for the harm we've caused others. Forgive us, Father, for the words we've used that have made others feel this or confuse them. Forgive us, Father, for the actions that we should have taken that we have not taken. Forgive us, Father. Thank you because you forgave us in the past and you continue forgiving us today. We ask that we can be forgiving people. We ask in particular for that person or that situation that we have been struggling with to forgive that you will bring special grace there, that you will bring special angels there, that you will bring shalom from heaven, that your forgiveness may be complete. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible, And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today.